0: Well, um, again, we're uh, continuing on with a theme and I I believe it's one that the Lord's got us on track for uh, and we're going to continue with. It's that the place we've reached in this series uh, so far is that biblical understanding. We need to have a biblical understanding of how faith is not just how we got saved, but how we also are to continue living. The just shall live by faith, the Bible says three times. We're going to live by faith not just have a faith, oh, I have a faith, I have a belief, I believe, yes, I believe in Jesus, I, I believe in God. You know, And you'll find people in society, you'll bump into them out the street, and they're like that about faith, but they have no clue about how the Joshua will live by faith and what that means and how that looks and, and uh, knows what the mechanics of that is. And so we want to know how that works. You know, most recently we saw how uh, faith is like a servant that we send out on task. And I like that. I understand that. That helps me. And I realize that Jesus actually taught it in two different places uh, in the scriptures. There's accounts where he actually uh, understood that and taught that. Most recently, the great uh, the, the centurion who got that commendation, that he'd not found such great faith in all of Israel. So, we, you know, we've spent a few weeks um, uh, coming to an understanding that our faith, you know, is in there in our hearts so that we can release it in our praying, and in our saying. And it's designed to work on our behalf when we release it. That's the uh, 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 no, a- an important uh, aspect of this teaching that we should be gripping onto. Uh, when does God empower us? Here's the question. When does God empower us? Uh, you know, you might come up with a quick little answer. But it's when we adopt his ways. Uh, you know, ultimately, it's when we adopt his ways, you know, Some people are waiting for it to drop out of heaven on them. But it's when we adopt his ways that he actually empowers us. And here's the takeaway, and I I like this. uh, Some of you might want to write this down. It's something that Pastor Mark Hankins says just concerning faith. He says this. If your faith won't move your mouth, it won't move your mountain. I'll say that again. If (laughs) If your faith won't move your mouth... It's not going to move your mountain. So think of your mountain, okay, and ask yourself, what's your mouth saying about your mountain? Because your faith should move your mouth. Amen. You know, when Jesus taught on faith that moves mountains, he was speaking of the impossible thing that you cannot shift. And uh, we've all got mountains. We've all had mountains and we can talk about how they shifted, how they moved. It's the impossible situation. That which is beyond our capacity to influence or do anything about. Faith released is the solution to the hopeless situation. Faith released is the solution to the hopeless situation. That's the solution right there. Not when God answers it, our prayer or that's somehow a concept that we get a hold of, that God needs to answer our prayer. That's, that's when the solution is received. No, the solution is received the minute we release our faith. Amen? It's something to get a hold of, you know, because it's a bit, of a, a bit of a concept shift for some. Been around the Word of God for a while, had some thoughts, you know, gotten into a bit of a rut. Someone said a rut is just a grave with the ends kicked out. That's it, a rut, a grave. You know, sometimes you know, we get stuck and locked in to a way of thinking that stops us from receiving them and actually achieving what God wants for our lives. Faith released is the solution of the hopeless situation because it is through faith and patience, the Bible says, through faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. If you've got your faith out there, you've got to have your patience out there. Because there's nowhere in the Bible where it says how long it's going to take. Correct? I'd love to have that bit in the Bible. Or how long does that kind of prayer take to answer? And you turn to the scripture and it tells you. It doesn't. So it's through faith and patience. So we have to employ our patience as well. We get our faith out there working. When does it need to come in from the paddock? When the job's complete. So in other words, you keep your faith out there. Don't bring it in through doubt and unbelief. We're going to talk a little bit about unbelief and doubt today, but don't bring it back in through doubt and unbelief. Oh, it's not working. Oh, I prayed yesterday and nothing's happened yet. Who's been there? Some of us at least wait three days before we say that. Doesn't, nothing seems to be happening. But is that working? Leave it out there. Don't bring it back in to give it a, you know, a quick little how you're going out there. Is everything all right? You know, we... we <laughs> We want a little check-up to see how our faith is working. It doesn't work that way. You send your faith out to work and leave it out there. You know, you may have a boss at work that's toxic, a colleague, uh, someone in your family that presents as an enemy. Just tippy-toe around this one here, okay? Just just tippy-toe, okay? Because I know that kind of... Now we're getting into those relational areas here. And you feel powerless to do anything about it, right? Well, now listen in. This is how faith works. First step. What does God say about it? First step. As always when you're faced with a mountain, a problem that you can't do anything about. First step. What does God's word say about it? Amen. Getting close. Or even get a word from God about it. In other words, God will drop a word into your heart. But we need to say what God says. And I like, uh, in particular, that particular area of relationships. Proverbs uh, 16, verse 5, says this When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. What a great promise! For those of you that are struggling with an enemy, someone toxic in your life, someone who's just a problem to get on with, what a great scripture. Lord, I thank you. This is how you decree it. This is how you declare it. Lord, I thank you that you make even my enemies to be at peace with me. And just start speaking that out. Lord, I thank you that you make my enemies be at peace with me. Lord, I walk in your ways and I know that I'm pleasing to you. And then you just keep spit, you know, just keep putting that out. I was about to say keep spitting that out. But <laughs> It's a bit rough. Um, keep putting that out. You know, keep, keep saying that. Keep praying that. Lord, I thank you that I walk in ways that are pleasing to you and you make my enemies to be at peace with me. Lord, I thank you that you give me favour in their sight. And it's most important because you locate that promise from God that you can stand on and you begin to say it and you begin to pray it. As you do, faith goes out like a servant. And that mountain's got to move. That thing's got to shift. Whatever it is, it's got to change from where it is. And if you wonder if it, ha- if it will, you've got to ask yourself, have you been doing this? Have you been working the word in such a way, sending it out like a servant? What's your mountain? It could be physical health. could be financial. could be a hurdle that's just bigger than you've ever had before in the financial area. What we have to see is that what is impossible for us is possible with God. But we've got to adopt his ways. We've got to start living like children, sons and daughters, hallelujah, of the kingdom of God. We've got to start living that way. Not just sitting there, gimme, 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 my name's Jimmy. You know that kind of prayer? You know that prayer that just says, well, Lord, you do it. Uh, you, You know, we've got to come to his word find what his word says about it get a hold of a promise and start to speak it start to say it and i love it when the lord shifts an enemy and peace is realized you know when reconciliation occurs and and, and this is just a little word for those who find themselves or who may be in a conflict situation right at the moment i'm not afraid of having enemies I'm not afraid Probably a little confrontational in nature, actually. I'm not afraid of having enemies. What I'm afraid of is not loving my enemies. Because, again, I'm no longer walking in God's ways when I start to not love my enemies. God wants me to love my enemies. He wants you to love your enemies. But I tell you, if they're giving you a hard time, what you need to do is go to God with the promise from his word that will shift that mountain. Get your faith out like a servant working on your behalf. I don't want to be out of the will of God because I start to hate my enemy. Even though I, you know, I'm believing that my enemies are going to become those that the Lord has made to be at peace with me. And of course, you know, we we so need to be a people that learn to be bitter. Better, not bitter. Amen? Better, not bitter. So, move on to another part of our faith and how faith works. But let's get there by seeing that mountain-moving faith is what Jesus taught. We're teaching, you know, something that was taught, you know, 20 years ago by an American evangelist somewhere. Oh, we're, taught, we're teaching something that Jesus taught. It's biblical truth taught by Jesus that we can say and pray our way through life. Get that? Say and pray our way through life. Overcoming adversity and reigning in life. 1 John 5, 4 says this, This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Jesus Jesus was teaching this truth about moving mountains so we could see that even the impossible thing is possible with God. No matter how bad it looks. Mark 11 in verse 20 and a little bit of a recap. It says, now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Verse 21. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. And we know the story. Jesus, the day before, had, you know, cursed that sorry fig tree because it didn't have any, you know, fruit on it. Just cursed it. And, uh, and of course, the next day, took a little bit of time, it starts to wither. Mark 11, 22 to 24, it says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. It's good. It's a good scripture, good word, there's saying and praying is captured in those verses from verse twenty two to twenty four. Why have we spent so much time on the saying and the praying? I tell you, because there's an emphasis on it. More so on more so than on the believing. In fact, verse twenty three mentions saying three times. And of course believing only once you think about it usually your faith's okay but what it is is that we're just not saying we're just not praying i posted that scripture up there on uh, on facebook during the week evening morning and moon will i pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice amen he shall hear my voice evening morning and prayer so how often are you praying during the day particularly over that mountain whatever you do don't pray about it out of fear but out of thank you lord that's moving thank you lord speak the word there's three there's there's a scriptural reason just to pray and say three times a day uh, three times a day evening morning and noon just bring it up before the lord um we're just been moving house and uh shifted house and of course that meant going through all the stuff in my office all the stuff that i really shouldn't have had to carry with me but i hadn't gotten rid of yet and so now i'm saying now i will i'll i'll cull that and throw that out and but on my desk I've got these little stones that I've found down the beach and um, there's a big stone and a smaller stone and a, another stone and of course it's got that lovely you know, ridge sort of, uh, uh, sort of lines through it from the, from the beach here that you do get and um, all the layers and then right on top of it I've got a rock that's got um, it's just a red rock and it's just got engraved on it prey and what I do because I believe that prayer is a balance. I, I actually balance it on top of my desk. And um, every time it falls over, this is a little thing I'm doing with the Lord at the moment, every time it falls over, it's a time for me to pray. It's because, you know, we've got to keep prayer balanced in our life. And whenever it falls off, and it, at the moment it's falling off all the time, so I say, oh, I've got to pray again, you know. So, so I'm praying more than evening, morning and noon. All the time because this little rock falls off the, uh, the, the stack of rocks and just reminds me, just keep praying. And every time I say, Lord, I'm going to pray, I, I, I remind myself of what it is that I'm praying for at the moment and thank Him. You know, how do you say, you know, do you, do you ask Him again when you're praying all the time during the day? No, you're thanking Him for the answer to your prayer. You're thanking Him that your mountain is moving. You get up there and say, Thank you, Lord, that you're faithful to your word, that your promises are true and real. And I can depend on them. That's what you do. See, the biggest problem with many believers is it's not that they don't believe. It's that they're not releasing those believing words like a servant with a task. Amen? So let's just, because we've been talking about that, let's move on. You know, we've done the release part, the, you know, getting your words out there. But let's move on now to Believing. We can see from verse 23 and 24 that it's clear from what Jesus taught there that our believing will affect our receiving. It will. If we doubt, we go without, is what we've said, what we've understood. If we, go, if we doubt, we go without. But if we believe, we what? Receive. So Matthew uh, chapter 7 and verse 14 to 18, and we see Jesus in another situation. And it says, And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, and knelt before him, Lord, have mercy on my son. He said, he has seizures and is suffering terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to you disciples, but they could not heal him and here comes the indictment, verse seventeen, O believing and perverse generation, Jesus replied, How long must I remain with you? How long must I put up with you? Pretty tough words from Jesus. Because what? They didn't have any faith. Bring the boy here to me. And then Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed from that, that moment. See, Jesus brings faith-filled words to the, to the task, releases those faithful words to the situation. And the disciples are sitting there wondering why, uh, the, you know, what did they do wrong in this situation? And Jesus tells them, Matthew 17, verse 19 to 20. And afterward, the disciples came and Jesus privately uh, and asked and and said, why couldn't we drive it out? And Jesus said, because you have so little faith. He answers, for truly I tell you, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible to you. Good words so where we should be getting onto the edge of our seats is that last bit nothing will be impossible to you I don't know about anyone else but if I was sitting here listening to Jesus teaching this I'd be on the edge of my seat and say how do I get there to the point where nothing will be impossible to you how do I get to that place so forget mission impossible it's mission possible you know if we're not supposed to have faith that moves mountains, why do we see Jesus teaching it, is my question. If we're, not to have, if we're not supposed to have the type of faith that can actually shift something that's impossible, why is Jesus telling us that we can? You know, it's in Jesus' faith techniques, 101. It's in his curriculum. We can have faith that moves mountains. Mustard seed faith. And we've got to just talk about that for a minute. Let's consider mustard seed faith and understand what Jesus was saying. Mustard seed faith tells us it's not the size of your faith that matters. What Jesus is teaching here is that when you have mustard seed faith, it's all mustard. Get that? When you have mustard seed faith, it's all mustard there's nothing in it other than mustard and that's how faith needs to be it needs to be all faith no doubt not corrupted with a little bit of doubt oh I've just got a little bit of doubt no no needs to be all mustard has to be all faith in other words doubt has no room in us so what do you do Faith as a mustard seed is all faith. If we have faith as a mustard seed, it's unmixed with doubt and unbelief. When you release faith-filled words, that seed is going to produce. You can guarantee it. When you release mustard seed faith, it's going to produce. Here's another account. I just want to look at this one as well. I know we're kind of right on time here i'm not going to go too much longer but hang in there listen in mark chapter 9 and verse 14 and when he came to his disciples he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them and immediately when he saw them all the people were greatly amazed and running to him greeted him and he asked the scribes what are you dis- discussing with them what are you discussing what's the topic what's the you know what what, what are you chatting about and again, I like this because it says the scribes were there. And we're going to ask who's who in the zoo? Who were the scribes? Well, the scribes are those that bring a dispute, even today, bring a dispute and bring unbelief to every discussion. All right? <laughs> That's who they are. They are the religious ones. No different in Jesus' day to this day. Remember this for scribes. The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Remember that. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So scripture tells us. Mark chapter 19 and verse 17, we'll read it on there. It says, um, the one of the crowd answered, said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit and wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to you disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And here's the indictment on them again. They were faithless. Verse nineteen. He answered them and said, "O faithless generation, how, shall, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me." Then they brought him to him, and when they saw him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. Verse uh, twenty-one. And so he asked his father, "How long has this been happening to him?" And he said, "From childhood." And often he's thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Verse 23. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Now, notice that Jesus is placing the responsibility of faith on the dad. Notice that. It's essential to see because there are believers who want to dismiss teaching on faith, by saying it's up to the will of God regarding healing. You know, it's up to the will of God. If God wills it, they say that it will happen. But, you know, the thing is, that's not what Jesus taught here. He makes the outcome dependent on the believing and not on the doubting. And, you know, I can hear the stories and I've heard them and I've been around long enough, 30 years or more now to hear the stories and people say, yeah, but what about so-and-so? And And they they believed. But the thing is, we don't know. We don't know in our hearts what people really believed in their hearts. And that's where we have to go back to the Word and make sure the Word is our foundation for what we believe. His will for healing is established in His Word. We don't have to go to God and ask Him if it's His will to heal, ever. Lord, if it's Your will. We don't need to pray that way. Mark chapter 9 and verse 24, and immediately the father, get this, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I love that bit. I love that. He, he admits that he's got a bit of a faith crisis going on. I, I believe, but what, what's happening to his mustard seed faith, he's got a little bit of doubt and unbelief in there as well. And he says, and he asks the right question. He said, "Lord, help me with my unbelief." And here's the here's the point to all of us: we can ask the Lord to help us with our unbelief. We can ask the Lord to, you know, to deal with us about that, bring us to that mustard seed faith, pure faith, the part where we've got it all going right. Look, verse nine, uh, uh, chapter nine, last scripture here, verse twenty-five to twenty-seven. And when Jesus saw that the people come running. He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. The spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. You know, whenever you find yourself in doubt, return to faith. We have to be honest the first person we have to be honest with is a person in the mirror, correct? You need to know yourself that you're not in faith and then say, well, what do I want to do about it? Return to faith. Return to that place, you know. My Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. You know, the Lord's not going to hold you, um, you know, in a place and put you in the naughty corner for a while. He's not going to do that. Or you can have some time out. He's not going to do that either. He just restores. Lord, I'm sorry. I just I just realised I got a little bit of unbelief going on there, and let the Lord just deal with that. And then you return back to faith. Get the work. Get your get your servant out working again. Send him out on task. Speak the word, and speak the word only. That's the way. That's what we're called to. You know, it's funny. I was um just going through my notes again uh, yesterday afternoon, and something came through on Facebook, and I was a little bit distracted by it, and and. What it was, it was a, uh, uh, a little bit of video and it really caught my attention because it was right in your face. And it was this, it um, looked like a, an outreach into a university. The university grounds was, you know, like students walking around sort of the, the field and there was an outdoor, uh, you know, one of those amphitheaters. And they were there and they had the speakers up there and they were preaching the gospel. There's girls preaching the gospel away and... and uh, and she stops while she's preaching and she says, can I pray for that lady over there? And this lady, she was on crutches. She got up and she started walking toward the, the, um, the speaker, the preacher. And that, she was a young lady as well, you know. Um, I don't know, maybe in her 30s. But this young lady, as she, she, she started to come, a few other people came around to help her as she started to walk out. She started to manifest some type of demonic spirit you know, and it was really quite well, you know you know this you know, this, is, this is a tricky one, and you know she laid herself down on the ground and started you know uh, manifesting and just like this, just like this, convulsing, and uh, the young preacher girl I thought, boy, this is going to be a test. what are you going to do?" She said, "Bring her to me, bring her over here to me and as this young woman is brought over with her what's her name she, the, the, this dom- demonic whatever it was started to actually speak I'm not coming out of her I'm staying you know it was like this hole you know and she says you're coming out you're coming out she kept on just speaking what the word you know you're coming out in Jesus name you're coming out and just kept on and kept on and kept on and then you actually watch the moment when the girl sort of comes to herself and realises that she's kind of had this deliverance Right there in this very, you know, amazing, very public uh, arena. And, um, and she starts to praise the Lord. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing to watch. got to understand that the enemy is very, very real. Trying to get into people's lives. Trying to get a, a, a hold in people's lives. And um, this dear girl was delivered and started to testify straight away how that Jesus had just delivered her from a demonic influence. And uh, amazing little video. And uh, I'll make it available for some of you that maybe want to have a look at that. You know, doubt is not like that. Doubt is something that we all maybe experience. And um, we need to realise that when we have got it, we can return to faith. You know, the thought might come, but you can still resist it. That little nagging doubt about whether or not your prayer is going to work. Just know that it's up to you to do something about that and not let it... Turn into something that under under under, uh, underlines your faith and what you're saying. Particularly, you know when you've given up on your faith when you said, "I'm not sure that it's working anymore." That's the point. Someone said, "You can stop the birds. You you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from nesting there." So those thoughts that come, just don't verbalise them. Don't let them become what you say. Speak the word only. Only say what God's saying about the situation. Speak the word only. Speak the promises of God and watch them come into fruition. Start over in your faith as many times as you have to. When I remember when I was first starting out on learning to live by faith, I remembered how I used to, I used to start over again. And I said, sorry, Lord, I got that wrong. I'm just going to start again. And I started to realize that he was there to receive me. He was there to me, receive me every time I fell over and, and, and you know, a little nagging doubt came and I'd speak it and, oh, I just, you know, I'd start again. And he's always faithful. And it was almost like he wanted me to learn how to fall over and get back up again, as we do with our own children when we're, you know, teaching them to walk and all that. You know, they fall over, we go up, we brush them off, we get them back up and we get them going again. And God does that with us. Start over in your faith if you've slipped over into doubt, make sure that what is coming out of your mouth are faith-filled words. All right, amen? Amen. 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 Let's be that people. I tell you, I said it a little bit earlier and I'm not sure that you took it or understood it, but we're moving on to prayer as a church and we better make sure that our prayer is undergirded by faith. You know, we're moving on to uh, uh, prayer um, as a people that know that our identity is that we're prayerful. People think about people down there at Victory Life Bruin, they think of prayerful people. They think of people who know how to speak the word, how to say the word, how to pray the word. And not only that, but they see the results in our lives. Amen? Amen. That's where we're going, church. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up, and uh, we're going to go out with a song.